So 2018, hey? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And we survived. Yay! <laughs> we survived the snapping. We did. <laughs> we did indeed. But that was, what was that? That was... April. April. Wow. <laughs> wow. If Yay, you Thanos, you did not get us. In your face. For those who are wondering what we're talking about, we are talking about Avengers because we watched the trailer for the new one this morning. So, yeah. and the sn- So excited. And, and the snapping is what I've been calling that event <laughs> at the it. end of the Avengers, the last one that was out. I won't say any more just in <laughs> case you haven't seen it yet. Yes, lovely. <laughs> That's me snapping my fingers. That was my very own snapping. Woo-hoo. I'm still here. <laughs> snapping is happening. Anyway, we probably should get on with it because we've got a very special, special, special podcast. We do, we, we do, we do. We do? We do. Uh, we won't go into it anymore because we'll save that for the proper intro. Ooh. This is just the kind of mess around intro. This is the, hi everyone, I'm high on caffeine sort of thing. I have my coffee with me in here right now. <laughs> what hijinks are you going to get up to, sir? I don't know, but I'm going to leave a nice pause for the opening theme music <laughs> so I can have a sip of coffee. Don't tell everyone our secrets. <laughs> that is foul. <laughs> that is so foul. For our listeners who don't like that sort of sound, sorry, I couldn't resist. That is revolting. What the? History. History. Hello and welcome to What the History, the final episode for 2018. Ah, jingle bells, jingle bells. Can you hear my bracelets jingling? Yes, Play bells, play bells. I am Trevor Holland and the jingly one is... Susie Holland, always jingling. <laughs> and regular listeners will be well aware that we normally have two bits of bizarre history that we share with you each fortnight. But for a finale... We're doing something a teensy bit different. Just a little. We are actually still looking at things from the past that are in fact visions of the future. You could say we are doing what the future? Yeah, what the future? What the future? (laughs) So, Susie, would you care to share your... Actually, we've also got extra. We're kind of doubling up, by the way. We're doing two each for a change. Yeah. Breaking the mould. Yeah, because the mold needs to be broken from time to time. It gets boring otherwise. Well, we've got to do something that breaks the mold a bit for the uh, for the finale. Yeah, a jingly mold. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Susie's, Susie's high on caffeine. Loves her bracelets. <laughs> Susie, what bits of what the future do you have in store for us? Well, okay, now everyone, I have a book that my mum gave me when I was starting to question the world so around me. So yeah, I've had it for quite a few years and it's called The Everyday Encyclopedia for Every Boy and Girl. And it was printed in 1960 and it was her book from when she was a girl. So it's pretty special to me. And it had some pretty interesting ideas on what life would be like in the future. And there's an entire chapter called You and the Future Predictions based on facts of today. Now, remember, this is back from 1960, so it was pretty interesting. So, for our last episode of What the History for 2018, I would like to take you into the future, into the future, and talk about what people from earlier times thought our future would look like. 
So firstly, let's explore my book and turn to page 293, where there are artist drawings of a bullet train, well they got that right, and futuristic city models with some pretty interesting looking personal spacecraft. On page 296, the book tells about the homes of the future with flexibility as the core idea, such as movable walls to adjust a room to purpose, which the book calls, and I quote, a Far Eastern idea, end quote, small lounge rooms with colour TV, automatic air conditioning systems that can heat or cool, being combined in a one-wall mounted machine, being ducted through the house, and in so getting rid of the open fireplace, which the book describes as, and again I quote, cosy but wasteful and inefficient, end quote. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's what they thought of fireplaces. Um, now going further down the page, the book tells us that everything will run on electricity and the current will be as cheap as chips with plutonium operated atomic power stations being placed all around the world. There may even be processed Corellia algae that would be grown in tanks made to taste and, again I quote, like anything you fancy from steak to plum pudding, end quote. Somehow I don't think that idea would catch on. And the products of the supermarkets of the future may be a few buttons away. Hello? Online shopping, anyone? I think someone had the right idea there. The book goes on to say on page 298, our working hours, and I love this, will be reduced to 20 to 24 hours per week. I wish. <laughs> I know, right? After fully automated factories and machines will be doing our jobs for us, especially the farming jobs. And then a new government body will have to be set up to research new ideas on what to do with our newfound time on our hands. And kids born in the 1980s will be raising their glasses to bring in the year 2100. This may well be with the advances in medicine and disease prevention. The book predicts that people will be working into their 80s and 90s to ward off boredom and not because our federal government wants to raise the retirement age currently to 67 years of age for those born on or after 1st of January 1957, and that'll take effect in 2023 at this stage, because who knows what's going to happen with this government. Hypnotism will take the place of anesthesia at the dentist and even in the operating theatre. Limbs and organs will be grown again after they have been lost or in utero, according to my book. However, this hasn't been able to happen yet, despite many years of research. Maybe it will in the future. And on page 300, there are some pretty interesting artist drawings of the cars, buses and buildings of the future with clear windows and roofs. Now, when I wrote this, it was that really stinking hot day last week. I think it was Monday and it was like 38 degrees. Okay, so cast your memories back to then. It was pretty awful. Now, looking outside on a Queensland, very hot 38 degree day, a car clear windows and roofs is not a great idea okay now there was no such thing as tinting back then either um now the book got the large semi-trailers um in the there's some pictures of these really big semi-trailers and they've got three or more containers attached to them and they got that pretty much right you just have to look at the pictures of road trains in the northern territory and also in new zealand they, they hurtle past it many down um, hundreds of kilometers not that many but you know over a hundred 
Anyway, now the buildings that I mentioned before was are straight out of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon The Jetsons, funny enough, which first aired in 1962, a mere two years after the book was published. The buildings also have clear windows and roofs and the example of the house has a central location with various rooms coming off the central block. Now, but getting back to The Jetsons, and that was set in the year 2062, it had Rosie the housemaid robot, and we have further advancements in robots helping us in our everyday lives. I sometimes wonder, really, if robots and humans will be able to coexist, or will it be mainly like it is on Astro Boy, the anime cartoon which has interested me since I saw it when I was a child, where there's tension between robots and humans for the most part. So I'm wondering if that will carry on into the absolute future. But that's we're going on a bit of a tangent here. <laughs> And the Jetsons definitely predicted the age of celebrity when eldest child Judy wins a competition to go on a date with Jet Screamer. One only has to look at fangirling or fanboying or fan peopling with bands or singers in our days today and of yesterday, such as Beatlemania and One Direction or Australia's own Five Seconds of Summer, who won three awards at last week's Arias. And there was even a song from the Jetsons of Jet Screamer singing Eep Op Ork Ah Ah <laughs> and looked like a grandparent of the modern music video. And the Violet Femmes also do an awesome version of that song, so go and check it out. <laughs> God. Ah! Pay me, Violet Femmes, come on. <laughs> we are not sponsored by the Violet Femmes. <laughs> Definitely sponsored. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, now the Jetsons also showed video chat, and this is a reality with Skype and FaceTime, to name just two. Yes, see, that's was interesting. Jetson! <laughs> but the floating cities of the Jetsons will need to remain in the Jetsons for now. And what will the future inhabitants of our Earth say about us? What will we leave behind for them to further research? What the future indeed? You gotta love those those sixties ideas of the future. Oh, I think they're absolutely amazing. And you yeah. just look at it and go, "No, I'm I'm not in my flying car just yet." But yeah, I love the theory that I heard about a while ago that the Jetsons and the Flintstones were set in the same world, like on the actual same world at the same time. The Jetsons lived above the clouds, and down on the Earth there was some great catastrophe which sent everyone back to the Stone Age. What? That's very, very um, cerebral. <laughs> oh, it's great, you know, and and you have these uh, these great cities where you know they kind of try to kind of try to make the technology and try to see into the future from these earlier times. I'm butchering the segue. Yeah, you are butchering the segue, but I think it's absolutely amazing what people in the '60s thought about what we'd be living like today. You know, 40, 50 years later. Indeed. Because I can't add up right now. So it's 50 years, isn't it, really, from 1960, is it? Please tell me I'm right. <laughs> please, please tell me that my maths is correct. 50 years. 50 years. Certainly so not amazing. A, certainly not 100 years hence. No, not 100 years hence. Only 50. Mm-hmm. That's right. I finally got to a segue. He did. Mm-hmm. Look at this. Look at this segue. I love your segue. Lovely. I probably should explain it now, shouldn't I? You should. Please explain it to everyone because they're just sitting there just going, for God's sake, get on with it. I think so. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a finale. We're going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
When looking at visions of the future, I can't help but smile at the pure optimism that is integral to the predictions. Pollution, poverty and disease always seems to be gone in these utopic meanderings. A great example of this is contained in the work London, A Hundred Years Hence by W. Stevens, published in the periodical The Leisure Hour in 1857. Now, this story is a bit quote-heavy, guys, since honestly, there are sections that can't be given proper justice through mere summarising. So, posted as a vision scene while relaxing in his easy chair, <laughs> it's easy to... <laughs> Mr. Stephen pondered as he, quote, looked down through a glorious vista in the sunny summer clouds upon the London of the year 1957. Oh, wow. One of the highlights was the condition of the Thames. And I already have to go back to the quotes of Mr. Stevens. The Thames! Could that be the Thames? When I looked into its crystal waters, I could see the clear sand and white pebbles lying at the bottom, and the shadows of the swift darting fishes as they shot through the transparent flood, checkering the river's bed. As someone who has seen End the Thames, quote. that is definitely not the Thames. <laughs> I'm sure all of our English listeners are going, you what? And those who have travelled. Mm-hmm. Instead of the muddy banks, he envisioned <laughs> granite walls with arches that led to the city's wharves that were in turn covered by a triple roadway. He even saw giant tanks where all the city's sewerage was processed into manure for London's agricultural districts. Many of the less developed areas were turned into parks full of greenery and crystal clear ponds. And marshes had been, quote, cleared and levelled for the athletic sports of the populace, end quote. I'm loving the sound of this place. Oh, that's great. I'm going. <laughs> As for the structures within the city, I, again, have to quote. And yet of brick in its bare ugliness, sooth to say, I could see but little. It seemed that some good genius had inspired the Londoners with the notion than which nothing can be truer, that ugliness besides being a bore, is a positive evil. For bare-faced brick had been put to shame and compelled to wear a decent coat of stucco or paint to hide his nakedness from view. All London was gay and lively with pleasant colours. <laughs> the old street fronts, where they had not been replaced by new, had yet mounted new tints. The dingy brown black of the brick had vanished, and white green and pleasant greys laughed instead of frowned in their place. Dude, opium. <laughs> opium on this guy. It must have been a very easy chair. <laughs> oh, bless him. London He's of... trying. <laughs> London of 1957 was free of fog and smoke. <laughs> it's a good thing he jumped past 1952 when a poisonous smog... Killed thousands of Londoners, but that's a tale for another time. Yes. Much is made of less savoury shops being replaced by reading rooms and places of education and leisure, along with much more waxing lyrical on the beautification of the city, before we get to his most startling revelation, which relates to the matter of shopping. Again, I'm going to have to quote. Yep. I observed that from each of these district shops, innumerable electric wires branched off in all directions, 
communicating with several houses in the district to which it belonged. Thus, no sooner did a housekeeper stand in need of any article than she could dispatch the order instantaneously along the wire and receive the goods by the very first railway carriage mm. that happened to pass the store. Mm. Thus, she saved her time and she lost no money because all the chaffering and cheapering and that fencing between buyer and seller, which was once deemed a pleasure, had long been voted a disgraceful demoralizing nuisance and was done away with. Gosh. Quote. Gosh. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. <gasps> Maybe Mr. Stevens jumped the gun a bit by setting his tail in the far-off future of 1957, but for someone living in the middle of the 1800s, this is a pretty good description of online shopping and gives London a hundred years hence its rightful place in what the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, my uh, my second one, uh, I can't really flow in as smoothly as Susie did between her uh, her awesome encyclopedia and the Jetsons. <laughs> as you do. Uh, but for my second and uh, admittedly much less poetic what the future, we need to go just a year later than Mr. Stevens' vision and check out the November 1958 issue of Mechanics Illustrated. Under the category World of Tomorrow, a gent named Frank Tinsley had a vision of the future of law enforcement. The title of this prophetic piece was Copter Cops. He believed due to the proliferation of high-speed turnpikes, police would not be able to effectively monitor traffic from the ground and would need to take to the air, quote, in a vehicle that could speed safely above the car-choked roads and provide a bird's-eye view of driving conditions and dangers, end quote. The vehicles would carry a crew of three so that in the event of an accident, two police officers could remain on the scene, leaving the third free to fly any injured parties to the nearest hospital. Once he returned, a hook could be used to clear any debris from the roadway. Inflatable pontoons would allow for rescues in water or snow, and the vehicle would be equipped with powerful floodlights and a built-in loudspeaker. So what would the vehicle for these copter cops look like? According to Frank, it would be based on U.S. Army specifications for an aerial jeep. It would be a stable triangular shape with a ducted fan at each corner to provide lift and movement, powered by twin gas turbines. This all sounds nice and fancy, but the artwork shows a vehicle that isn't all that different to the remote-controlled drones that are seeing a huge surge in popularity in recent times. And just over a week ago, at the time of recording, on November 27th, 2018 to be precise, Audi revealed a one-quarter scale working prototype of what was referred to as an electric, quote, flying taxi, end quote, during Amsterdam Drone Week. With flying taxis now on the horizon, it's not that hard to think that copter cops won't be too far behind. What the future. What the future indeed. That is amazing. I know, it's just... That is really... That's interesting, because you know, when you draw the parallels between the past and what is happening now, it's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know, some people really got it right. Some people completely... <laughs> Crystal clear terms, hey? Crystal clear terms. Oh, God. <laughs> I love Stevens's vision. Oh, it's, oh it's, it is. It sounds beautiful it sounds like you know yeah with a a crystal palace 
not the Crystal Palace guys from the 1800s at the Great Exhibition in London, but the, the like, Shearer's Crystal Palace. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Well, uh, uh, crystal look, clear terms. Yeah. Oh, I think London would really love that. It would. Look, I highly recommend anyone check out London 100 Years Hands. It, it's a bit on the wordy side, as you can probably tell, but it's magical. And you know what? It's really, really easy because down in the podcast description below, what? we've got all our references oh, and the links yes, we to a lot of our awesome content yes. that we reuse to research. That's right, because we at Walt the History are scholars here. Yes. And we use proper references. But just say, this is where I found the stuff. This is where I found the stuff. That's it. Yep. The stuff. The stuff. And I hope you enjoyed this special episode of What the History, What the Future, What the History, What, what, what the, the Future. What the Future, What the Future, What the History, Future, Future. I don't know. I don't know anything it's anymore. Right now. Anyway, it's been a long week. <laughs> it's been a really long week. And, uh, and yeah, we of course do apologise for the delay in uh, in the podcast, yeah. but we weren't really in much of a good position to record earlier this week. We had no voices, mm, and yeah. you can't record a podcast without a voice. You know, it it goes with the territory. Yeah, it you need it. Good. You need the info. Indeed, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it's not a video camera in here because I'm doing all sorts of weird things with my hands. I'm, I'm sure we. I'm sure we can do it. Sounds awful. I'm sorry. It's not like that. I'm. I'm not, never. I'm not even going to bother explaining. I'm just going to put myself deeper and deeper. In. We'll have to do a, a, a live video <laughs> of you recording sometime. We will. I just want to show everyone what I do, and I honestly, yeah. okay. I, I am a good person. <laughs> indeed, indeed, we are good people. We are honestly. We are. And so says all of us. And so says so all of us. if. You want to listen to more of our stuff? Well, we we don't always lose it like this. Sometimes we do, to be honest. Uh, you can check out our full back catalogue of episodes at wthpod.rufusproject.com. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on everything. We're basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, video versions are available on the Rufus Project YouTube channel. Uh, where everything is though, though being transferred over, or the new stuff is turning up exclusively on Rufus Project TV. Uh, and again, all the links will be in the podcast description mm -hmm. down below, uh, or on the webpage, or stuff like that. Uh, you can find What the History on Twitter. You can find What the History on Facebook. You can yeah. send us an email to wthpod at rufusproject.com, and we would love to hear from you. We absolutely would. We love our listeners. Indeed, we do. Thank you for sticking with us for another wonderful year. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed myself bringing this wonderful podcast to you guys oh, every fortnight. It is so one of sad. our joys, and I'm meaning that sincerely, completely sincerely, and off the caffeine now. <laughs> but yes, thank you. Thank you very, very much. And please, uh, over the break, Join us as well because we are uh, keeping an eye on something mentioned in our last year's finale, being the What the Christmas episode that you yes. totally check out. Oh God, yes! Because we feel that keeping an that us keeping an eye on it last year helped the 2017 Yavla Goat 
mm-hmm. make it through. Now, if you don't know the story of the Yevla Goat, check out what the what the Christmas from last year is an amazing story. So we're we're keeping an eye on the Yevla Goat again this year, and we hope that you guys can too. Okay, if awesome. you want to go check out the um, the the web link to see the Yevla Goat, we can put that in this yes. um, a link to it in this podcast as well, because I think everyone needs to know about the Yevla Goat. Indeed. Because he's, he's great. We love the Yavla Goat. <laughs> We've got everyone involved looking at this Yavla Goat, checking yeah. him out, making sure he's kept safe and not Indeed. firebombed or stolen to go across the border to other countries surrounding Sweden. Or ran with the Volvo, as happened one year. Ran with the Volvo. <laughs> I mean, how much more Swedish can you, can you get? I know. It's just... Ran with the Volvo. I can if, if you want to know more, oh, check out geez, What the Christmas. Yes, please, what, what the Christmas last year. Yeah. And because, uh, yes, you know what? I think we should do a Christmas, a, a news countdown. Or what the history news countdown. Should we? Yeah, why not? Okay. Let's start a new tradition. We, yeah, we'll be doing a Christmas countdown. We might play some music or something completely insane, depending on where we are. Yeah. But, yeah, we've all got mobile phones and stuff now. We can do even a live podcast. Maybe That's could. just me putting it out there completely off the cuff and still high on caffeine. So I'm coming out with some great ideas right now. And so. me as the... Uh, <laughs> as the the editor, producer, and manager of the Rufus Project Network is going, you yeah, what? Susie's <laughs> <laughs> so just going, yeah, we can do this, we can do this. And Travis is going, no, mm. come on, Sue, it's not. It's all good. It we might, Look, we got lots of future plans. It and, might happen. It and, might. Well, I am thinking <laughs> what sort of stuff we could possibly do for a, for Patreon people should we launch a Patreon. Yes. Because mm. we are in talks. Indeed. And on that note, I think we should probably take any more talks about future plans of the podcast. Yes. For now. That's fine. That's fine. I'd just like to tell people what we're up to. Well, we tell them anyway. We do. As soon as it's news, we, we let do. know. We do, because yeah. Yeah, we want to keep you guys informed. We do. Because we love you. And we certainly hope that you have an awesome festive break. That's right. And uh, we will be back definitely in the new year, if not earlier, with uh, some more bizarre bits of history (laughs) to make you say what what the the history. history. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Have a safe time and be good to each other and yourselves, especially yourselves. Indeed. And farewell. Bye. In the year 2525. If man is still alive